This is AgriPulse Daybreak for Monday, June 18th. Good morning. I'm Jeff Downey. Here's today's headlines. Last chance for trade peace before the trade war? Mexico and NAFTA deal? Dairy challenge with Canada and China and U.S. beef? President Donald Trump declared Friday that he was moving forward on hitting China with $50 billion worth of tariffs on high-tech goods. And just hours later, China announced it was preparing to retaliate with tariffs on U.S. agricultural and other commodities. Tariffs from both countries are set to begin going into effect on July 6th, a little over two weeks from today. That's not much time for the two countries to settle their differences and advert a trade war that threatens the health of the ailing U.S. economy. Time is short, USDA Deputy Secretary Steve Sinsky told AgriPulse, but he stressed that there's still time to advert a trade war that would hobble U.S. soybean exports. Sinsky said we're hoping that China will come to the table and engage. Just hours after Trump's announcement on Friday, the Chinese government announced it would hit back with tariffs on agricultural products, vehicles, and aquatic products. That according to the government-run Xinhua News Agency. China did not single out soybeans in its latest announcement, but the country previously said tariffs would include a 25% tax on U.S. soybeans. The mention of aquatic products prompted a swift reaction from the National Fisheries Institute. Its main lobstermen, the men and women on boats in Alaska, and families harvesting and processing seafood in the Pacific Northwest who will feel the brunt of the administration's misguided policy. That according to NFI President John Connolly. It is not clear where these trade actions will ultimately lead. What is clear is that they will negatively impact American seafood jobs. Purdue expects NAFTA deal with Mexico first. From here on out, you expect the U.S. to split its efforts on renegotiating the North American Free Trade Agreement uh, between talks with Mexico and separate talks with Canada. That's according to USDA Secretary Sonny Perdue, who on Friday said he expects the talks with Mexico to go much quicker and hopefully wrap up before Mexico's presidential election on July 1st. Perdue explained during a trip to Canada where he spent a day with Agriculture and Agri-Food Minister Lawrence McCauley, we feel more optimistic in a Mexican agreement sooner than Canada. We still have some intractable issues with Canada that we are working through, but hopefully we can get an agreement with Mexico and then with Canada very soon this summer. That doesn't necessarily mean the U.S. will scrap NAFTA in favor of two separate free trade agreements, as some have feared because of recent comments by President Trump. Purdue said, I think U.S. Trade Representative Robert Lighthizer believes that we could get a bilateral deal done more quickly with Mexico and then with Canada and possibly come back together with all three nations, and hopefully we can get that done sooner rather than later. U.S. lowers expectations for dairy deal with Canada. One of those intractable issues with Canada is dairy. The U.S. started out NAFTA renegotiations demanding that Canada dismantle its dairy supply management program, but Purdue told reporters on Friday that the Trump administration would settle for an elimination of the country's Class 7 pricing mechanism. U.S. dairy industry alleges that Canada is using Class 7 to both block imports of U.S. dairy and subsidize its own exports, stealing global market share away from the U.S., 
managing supply for domestic consumption, quote, is their business, he said. I don't know that it's appropriate for the United States to tell Canada that they have to eliminate their supply management. But whenever it spills across the border and the overproduction of blended prices with high domestic prices and low undercutting prices on export basis, that's when it becomes a problem for our producers and our businesses. But Purdue confirmed what other government sources are saying privately. A renegotiated NAFTA will be unacceptable if Canada does not agree to eliminate Class 7. Purdue said, frankly, I don't know how we can go forward if Canada insists on Class 7 as a part of their program, and hopefully we can make that clear to them regarding their supply management program. FDA to convene public meeting on cultured meat. As livestock groups wait for USDA action on a regulatory framework for cultured meat, the Food and Drug Administration plans to convene a public comment session to discuss the opportunities and challenges of this new space. In an announcement on Friday, FDA set July 12th as the date for a meeting to receive public input on how to proceed with regulations and oversight of cultured meat products typically made from animal cells. FDA pointed out that under the Federal Food, Drug, and Cosmetic Act, the agency has jurisdiction over food, which includes articles used for food and articles used for components of any such article. But the nation's beef groups are looking for a different approach. In February, U.S. Cattlemen's Association petitioned USDA's Food Safety and Inspection Service asking the department to establish certain beef labeling requirements and that those requirements inform consumers that the product is derived naturally from animals as opposed to alternative proteins such as plants and insects or artificially grown in a laboratory. The National Cattlemen's Beef Association goes a step further in their approach, calling on FSIS to assert authority over the products in question. The Food and Drug Administration's announcement disregards the authorities granted to USDA under the Federal Meat Inspection Act, as well as USDA's significant scientific expertise and long-standing success in ensuring the safety of all meat and poultry products. That NCBA lobbyist Danielle Beck in a statement. Under the current regulatory framework, FDA plays an important role in terms of ensuring the safety of food additives used in meat, poultry, and egg products, she added. All additives are initially evaluated for safety by FDA, but ultimately, FSIS maintains primary jurisdiction. China opens up to more U.S. beef plants. China still hasn't agreed to reduce its onerous restrictions on U.S. beef, but the country has opened its border to product from 20 new production plants, that according to a report from the USDA's Ford Agriculture Service. That brings the number of production facilities that can ship to China up to 53. That includes plants owned by companies like Cargill, Swift, and Creekstone, but it doesn't reduce the restrictions on U.S. beef that have limited the company's ability to ship to the Asian country. Thanks to Chinese requirements like the country's ban on rectopamine, much of the U.S. product going there was originally destined for Europe, but held up because of a complex and shrinking quota. Well, that's Daybreak for this Monday, June 18th. AgriPulse Daybreak is brought to you by Watkinson Miller and Dairy Management Incorporated. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak, I'm Jeff Alley.